Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Um, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day on the weekend to come on and talk about this trade. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, one thing that we know is that these two teams never let us ever, you know, take a nap on them for sure. And I was literally taking a nap when they traded the Darius Smith yesterday. Wow. You know, so let's get right down to it because from our perspective, we're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. It's almost like you go to a, a used car lot and you see, you know, a Mercedes Benz and it's for like $3,000 and you're like, and it has under like 20,000 miles. And you're like, hold on. Why don't, what's going on with this? Is it broke? And you're like, oh, it runs good. We just want to get rid of it. Um, <laughs> what is, you know, what it was the background on Zadarius Smith and why he was available for such late round picks in your perspective? Yeah, so when the Vikings signed Zadarius Smith to a, I believe it was a three-year deal, but it was one of those that the third year was kind of a dummy year last year. I believe the Vikings expected to have him for last year and this year. And I think that even when they got to the end of 2022, they still expected to have Zadarius Smith. And then he tweeted something that looked like a goodbye to Minnesota. And I don't know that the Vikings actually expected that that, that was going to happen. And so I think they went looked around and went, wait a minute. So Zadarius thinks that he's leaving. Um, but, you know, Zadarius, I, I believe, was not very happy with his contract. And the Vikings have zero flexibility to put more money in his pocket. I mean, if you look at where they were yesterday on overthecap.com, they had about $1 million in cap space. I mean, they were barely cap compliant. They had to do a lot to just stay under the cap, including restructure Kirk Cousins' deal in a way that doesn't exactly help them for next year. They had to add void years to Marcus Davenport and to Byron Murphy Jr. to even just sign some players to have them there. So there wasn't really a whole lot that they could do to help Zadarius Smith. And look, I mean, the guy, he's got a point. You, you look at his production from last year, top 10 in pressures, double-digit sacks, especially in the first half of the season, the guy was absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, I think not everybody really knew what they were getting with him because he was coming off the back surgery and he turned out to be overall one of the better rushers. Now, if there is an asterisk to that, it's if you break down the first half and second half of Zadarius Smith's season, the first half he was a defensive MVP candidate. The second half he had a half a sack and his pressure rate dropped and his PFF grade dropped, and his eye test production uh, was not the same as he was battling a knee injury. And that, I think, 
when you make that car comparison, like it runs, uh, when, when it runs, it's phenomenal. But, man, the thing is held together with a lot of spare parts that if something goes wrong, he's just not the same player. But uh, for probably the first 10 games of the season, I think he was one of the best defensive players in the entire NFL last year. Um, you know, from, from watching him um, and, and looking at what his production is, you know, it's crazy. I mean, you know, you look at those 10 sacks. Um, when it, Were there any – uh, I, I would guess, were there any other suitors that they, they had? Because it looks like, I, I don't know if the Browns jumped up and snuck in there, or was this something that they felt like they could? that was the best offer available on the market at the time? Yeah, I mean, I think that when you look at this situation by the salary cap, it was way more advantageous for the Vikings to trade him for essentially nothing than it was for them to cut him. And when you're dealing with every dollar because they don't have a lot of space and they have other things they have to do this year, um, maybe if they if they can, like extending Daniil Hunter, but that would involve probably Daniil Hunter's cap hit going up for this year because it's extremely low right now and he's going to want a huge raise. So, uh, you know, there's still some things that they probably need to do and some pieces maybe even in free agency that they need to look at when you, when you just look at the defense and how thin it is. So they needed the cap space. They had an unhappy player who you know, was going to want a raise that they couldn't really afford. You know? uh, so, I mean, they, they just were kind of backed into the situation where they had to do this. And once the rest of the NFL knows that you have to get rid of a player, uh, they are offering you very, very little. I mean, this is how Amari Cooper ends up with the Cleveland Browns for a fifth-round pick, right? Is It's just it's a leverage game. And when you, know, the, you have uh, an asset that the rest of the league knows, it's like you're moving out of your house and you're holding the yard sale. You're not getting full price for everything <laughs> at the yard sale because you're leaving. And, and, and that was, it was just it was a forced move. And, and they're in the same situation with Delvin Cook where they're pretty much forced to move them. And, and, you know, the other part was they already signed Marcus Davenport too. And I'm sure that they had told Marcus Davenport, you're going to be the starter because we're moving on from Zedarius Smith. We just don't know when. And so everybody kind of figured that out. You know, it's hard to hide that from the rest of the league. And I think that's why they got such a good deal because if you were making this trade for Zedarius Smith, if the Vikings didn't have to move him, you're giving up a heck of a lot more than a couple of fifths and a, and a little pick swap there. Uh, talking to uh, Matthew Caller of the uh, PurpleInsider.com on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Let me ask you like a philosophical question here. Um, can give me the best case scenario with Zadarius Smith um, in, in terms of what it what would be the outcome or production of a guy uh, if if we're looking at the the top of the line and everything goes correctly. Or give me a downside. How bad could it be, um, you know, with this move and given the fact that he has a little bit of an injury issue and it, it seems like he wants a contract? Um, you know, give me the best scenario, worst scenario. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you went on Madden and turned the injuries off and he played 17 games, uh, he's one of the best players in the NFL. I mean, I mean, last year through 10 games, he lined up in every position possible he beat all sorts of great tackles and guards and centers. I mean, this guy rush from anywhere. He will play all sorts of different spots. He is not afraid to do that. He doesn't need to be just on the edge. So quarterbacks will look up and find him in all sorts of different places on, on every which down. He's powerful. 
He's got a deep tool bag of pass rush moves. I mean, he can do just about anything. He's just one of the best players that you're ever going to find at this position when he is 100% healthy. When he is not, then the production's going to go down. And, you know, when you look at his age, when you look at the mileage, and you look at the way that he plays, he is an extremely violent player. And he's kind of an all-out player, too, which does result in, in him getting banged up at times. And when he was battling a knee injury last year for the second half of the season, he was just not the same player. He didn't have the same, you know, burst off the line of scrimmage. He still had his power rush ability, and he was still able to pressure the quarterback a bit, but not in the same way he did for the first half of the season. So the worst-case scenario is just that he gets hurt. I mean, he had back surgery two years ago, which is pretty concerning when someone misses a full season for that. And then the knee injury last year, which he talked about through the second half of the season, holding him up. And, you know, if you're dealing with this constant sort of nagging injuries from him, then you're not going to get that type of production that he has at a hundred percent. I think even like a half of Zadarius Smith is still an effective player, but it's not the best case scenario, Zadarius Smith. And the most likely is probably that you get a little bit of both is what I would guess. Uh, I would assume that Cleveland's going to play it pretty safe with him in training camp and preseason and make sure at very least at the beginning of the season that they have him at full strength. But 17 games of that type of play is not super likely in my mind. Uh, he played with a pretty good defensive end uh, and Daniel Hunter. Um, you know, like you said, they got Marcus Davenport. So they got some guys that they can plug and play once he left. Um what do you think uh, is the uh, ceiling for a, a tandem like Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith? Like, uh, is he going to, you know, is that going to elevate his game? What do you think that that, that actually looks like uh, when teams are trying to block those two dudes? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably very similar to what it looked like with Daniel Hunter. I mean, I think that Miles Garrett's a little better than, than Daniel Hunter, but not way better. Right? Yeah. And both of these guys are. Uh, just, you know, crazy at, at what they can do. And, you know, last year it caused absolute havoc for offensive lines to try to block both of them because, well, you know where Daniel Hunter is going to be, uh, but you don't know where Zadarius Smith is going to be. And it's just, I, I think that you always need two of these guys. Uh, if you have one rusher, you can double team them. You can put people on them. And if one rusher gets 10 sacks for the other team, that's okay. Uh, but if you have two guys who are capable of 10-plus sacks and top 10 ranked pressures, I mean, that's probably the, the best outcome. Uh, and, and really, you know, they can be a little more cautious, I think, with Zadarius Smith. And this is where that health aspect does come, come into play because, I mean, the Vikings were playing Zadarius in the first half of the season pretty much every snap. I mean, he was out there all the time. They did not have any depth at that position whatsoever. And now, you know, he's in a position where maybe uh, because Miles Garrett is so dominant and maybe there's a, a little bit of more depth than there was with the Vikings, because I mean, there's none. So if you have any, then it's more, uh, then, you know, maybe they can play him more like 40 snaps a game or something, as opposed to asking him to play every single down. And there were times where the Vikings did mix it up with him a little bit, but you would see a very clear drop off. And you can see that also in the Vikings you know, sack production and, and how they, you know, just played in general as a defense that they needed every starter all the time. Um, so I think that, you know, statistically speaking, uh, the ceiling last year is, is absolutely what he did last season. That would be tough to recreate because he was so good, but he can be very, very, very effective still, I think. I mean, I, I, the first half of that season, I, I just can't 
uh, understate like or overstate how good he was. I mean, he was like top three in pressures, uh, up at the top of the league in sacks, just everywhere all the time. And if you can spread that out over a season by using him in a little more situational role because you're not absolutely desperate maybe, uh, I think you can get the most out of this. But, I mean, when you look at how much they're going to have to pay him, uh, it's probably going to be a very good bang-for-buck proposition for Cleveland. Uh, Another guy that that you had an opportunity, and I'm glad we had you on because – now I get to talk to you about another guy we got from the Vikings in free agency, Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, kind of give me the breakdown of, of, of what you saw from uh, Dalvin Tomlinson in Minnesota. Um, what is his game? What is his skill set? And, and how does he look how, on this defensive line? Yeah, I think the Vikings were very sad to lose Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, in fact, Quasi Adapamensa uh, pretty much begged him in his press conference at the Combine to stay, but uh, the price was a little too steep uh, in Cleveland for him not to go there. Uh, Delvin Tomlinson is, is is a player that anyone you ask will rave about. Uh, he is a highly, highly intelligent player, very skilled, cares a ton about his craft. Um, he's not just a, you know, he's not just a big old beast in there that just stuffs blocks. I mean, he does so much more than that. And I think what you've seen over the years, too, is that he's even gotten better. Uh, like every year, his pressure rate is going up. He found ways to not just push the pocket and be this, this traditional sort of giant nose tackle, but to be somebody who can actually impact the pass rush as well, which I don't even know the Vikings knew they were getting when they signed it. But that was something that I actually talked to him last year about developing and, and over the years learning and adding to his uh, you know, ability to kind of get after the passer. And then, uh, you know, against the run, he is one of the strongest and also widest human beings. I mean, he is a Mack truck, like from shoulder to shoulder. And, and, and the, he's somebody that often requires two blockers when it comes to playing against the run. I, the only unfortunate part is that the Vikings, you know, did not have always great players around him as far as run stuffers. So they didn't always have a great run defense, but then you would watch, him specifically, and he was always doing his job. So I think that's that's the thing. I mean, he's going to be kind of a coach's dream. Uh, their defensive line coach last year told me he just he felt blessed and lucky to have had Dalvin Tomlinson. So that was that was definitely a guy that uh, I could see why Cleveland wanted to back up the Brinks truck for him uh, because he's very very good at his craft. He's not somebody that you know that you're going to necessarily be watching on TV if you're just sitting and watching the ball game but he's somebody that you kind of have to go back and watch the all 22 tape. And then you see, wow, on like all these plays, he was making an impact, man. Listen, you, you, this is, you set me up. I'm, I'm, I'm over here salivating now. Like, I'm like, well, dang, I didn't know Tomlinson was that good. And then you tell me Zadarius Smith is a guy that was almost unblockable half the season. And we got miles Garrett. You know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to temper myself here. Um, because there are other parts of, of the game, and there is a little bit of a downside. Um, it, it's just injuries and different things like that, and obviously you got to go out and, and prove that as well. I want to ask you uh, something a, a little bit kind of off the beaten path a little bit. Oh, here in Cleveland, um, we're going through a bunch of stuff with the um, with, with, with the stadium renovations, and you know, there's a lot of people in Cleveland, being a northern city um, located on the Great Lakes. It, it's kind of I'm not going to say the weather is like Minnesota, but there are, you know, there's days where it's cold, it's rainy, it's it's what it is when you talk about uh, around the, uh, the Great Lakes area. So people are like, hey, we want a dome. We want a retractable roof. Hey, if you want to keep the 
grass or you want to keep that outdoor uh, feeling, hey, let's get a retractable roof. Um, tell me how, um, you know, maybe educate people on what a, a retractable dome or, or a, a beautiful stadium like you guys have in Minnesota, what that, that does to, um, you know, increase revenue and increase things around the stadium and just help overall help your community uh, in, in having an indoor facility that could do other things. Well, I mean, first, I would say that it would kind of break my heart if Cleveland was going to put uh, a dome on it because, I mean, just the uh, – I'm a, I'm a huge fan of old NFL films and old YouTubes and all the Bernie Kosar highlights and, and Leroy Horde, you know, pounding through the mud and all that stuff. That's way too good. So you can't, you can't go against history <laughs> like that. Uh, personally, I don't feel like it's cold enough in Cleveland. I mean, you know, I'm sure that it's somewhat – cold but not like minnesota where you have to have a a roof on it i mean because when they didn't back in the 70s those guys never played into january just the way the schedule works 14 games uh but if you were trying to play in minnesota outdoors in january you're talking legit minus 10 degrees as a high for the day so you can't really do that but uh to your point i am going to see taylor swift in june at u.s bank stadium so it has become a pretty major concert destination uh, aside from that, though, I mean, it, you know, it's, the noise is a huge thing for sure. I mean, like, at the beginning of U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, people did not know what to do, to do with the noise. Um, Seattle's got their whole thing. I think they built specifically to keep the noise in, even though it has the open roof. Uh, but this, I mean, the noise just reverberates off of the roof. Mm. And I also think that they built it so it's noisier on the roadside. Uh, so it, it really did like shock teams when they first came in. They figured it out more since uh, now that they're aware of it. But uh, it, it's it's one of the the best in terms of sight lines in the NFL. It's one of the best in terms of in-game production. It's one of the best in terms of the noise. But I, man, I just don't want to see that in Cleveland. No, I want to see mud. I want to I want to see <laughs> I want to see snow. Right? You can. What does it get? What's a low in the winter like? Twenty degrees. That's warm. Oh look, you know, we had one really cold day the other time, other year against the Saints. I told him I wasn't going in that game. I said, "Yeah, you can put the, <laughs> you put the tailgate outside if you want to." This pregame will happen in the studio, right? Um, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you and your insight on uh, on the Vikings, and uh, you know we hope to have you on again. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you so much, Matt Collar, on the North Olmsted. Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hotline. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Glennon Doyle, author of Untamed and host of the podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. On We Can Do Hard Things, my wife, Abby, my sister, Amanda, and I talk honestly about the hard parts of life. Join us and guests like Michelle Obama, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Brene Brown as we have refreshingly honest conversations. New episodes are out every Tuesday and Thursday. So listen to and follow We Can Do Hard Things, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and everywhere you get your podcasts.